Dear friends in Christ, in the holiday classic, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown agonizes and agonizes over the true meaning of Christmas. I think there must be something wrong with me, he says. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. And to make matters worse, many in the Peanuts gang have a decidedly commercial view of Christmas. Lucy wants real estate. Sally wants cash, preferably tens and twenties. Snoopy wants to organize a Christmas-like competition and give a cash award to the winner. A sign on the doghouse says, come see what Christmas is all about, money, money, money. Eventually, Charlie Brown throws up his hands in despair, throws back his head, and says, Oh, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And surprisingly, Linus answers. And Linus steps into a spotlight, has his blanket, and says this. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Does anyone know what Christmas is all about? This time of year we may be asking that same question. And yet, the answer is given throughout the Bible, in Old Testament prophecies, in New Testament fulfillment. And today I'd like to share a section of scripture that provides the answer from the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote this to Titus, in which he spoke actually of the first coming and the second coming of Jesus. He said this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous, for good works. What is Christmas all about? Many things could be said, but today, based on this text, let me just suggest three. First, Christmas is about God's faithfulness. When Paul wrote, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, he was referring about Christ's first coming that Christmas and everything that it entailed, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, later his ministry, miracles and teaching, and later, of course, his suffering and death 
and resurrection through which he obtained our eternal salvation. But understand this, that coming of Jesus happened for one reason, because God is faithful, because God faithfully kept that promise to send a Savior. Human promises leave so much to be desired, don't they? Oh, I promise to try harder. I promise to never lose my temper. I promise not to get any more marks in the dorm this month. And yet, despite the best of intentions, human promises miserably fail. Even that most sacred of human promises, to love and honor and cherish until death us do part, often ends tragically in divorce. And yet the promises of God never fail. They never fail because God is faithful. And so when we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating God's faithfulness. We're celebrating the fulfillment of every good and gracious promise God ever made to redeem lost humanity through the death of his son. Second, Christmas is about God's grace. Listen again to what Paul said. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Grace is a magnificent concept. And it's a word that occurs many times in the New Testament. In fact, the New Testament speaks of a gospel of grace, of standing in grace, living in grace, chosen by grace, gifts of grace, and of course, being saved by grace and not by our own doing. Grace really means God's undeserved love and favor and goodwill in Christ Jesus. The very same Christmas blessings that the angels announced to shepherds that first Christmas. Glory to God in the highest, they said, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Whose goodwill? God's. Why should God have goodwill? Because of undeserved grace. Sadly, the worldly view of Christmas is rather opposite of grace, isn't it? A view where at Christmas people get gifts because they earn or deserve them or because they're nice and not naughty. He's making a list and checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Or in the words of Sally in her letter to Santa, a Charlie Brown Christmas, Sally said this, Dear Santa, I have been extra good this year, so I have a long list of presents that I want. Please note the size and color of each item and send as many as possible. Do you know what the Lord saw when he looked down upon humanity from heaven? He did not see nice. He did not even see naughty. He saw a people who hated him, rebelled against him, and deserved only his wrath and punishment. And yet, he sent his only son into such a world anyway. That is grace. And so Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And finally, Christmas is about change. Many years ago, I attended a Christmas program in a large auditorium. 
And as part of the program, a small boy, his name was Chase, I've never forgotten that, cute, cuddly, red hair and freckles, and a slight childlike lisp, Chase sang a song that was called Happy Birthday, Jesus. And the notes weren't always just right. And because of the lisp, Happy Birthday came out more like Happy Birthday. But still, that little boy sang about Jesus from his heart. And when he was finished, there was not a dry eye in the auditorium. Just then, a video began to play on two large screens. The video of a small baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. A baby that was wiggling his fingers, little toes. A baby that was smiling. And suddenly, the the camera looked directly at the child and the child into the camera so that the infant was looking at the audience. And the infant was looking directly at me. And for a moment, again, the meaning of Christmas just swept over me. Almighty God came to us just like that little baby, wiggling fingers and toes and smiling upon us in redemptive grace. John wrote, And the Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen His glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So I have just one question. How can you and I know this by God's grace and spirit? How can we know who that baby was in a manger? How can we know who the man was who died for our sins on the cross and yet somehow not be changed? Paul again wrote, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. That's what Christmas is about. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 76, number 76, and we will sing stanzas 2 and 4.